introduction here. Welcome to Geocaching Scripture. This is Josh here from the Blanket Fort. Um, this is a Zoom interview that I'm doing with, oh, somebody that some of you, uh, my listeners, know very well. And I'm excited to introduce him to anybody that you guys uh, who don't know him. Um, but I'll let you listen. Anyway, geocaching is that rarefied sport hobby of finding these little treasures of, of in familiar walks where you're looking for a place, coordinates on a GPS that uh, help just bring a little dimension to what you're already doing. And uh, that's kind of what we do with geocaching scriptures. We look for these tiny treasures in the big truth that God has hidden all over the place in the scripture to help us see deeper into the dimension that's there. Um, look and look again. That's the idea. Anyway, I have a guest. So let's get caching. Welcome to Geocaching Scripture. I have a guest with me today, and I try to do these guest spots once a month or so, and very glad to welcome um, one of my best friends and uh, one of my um, many pastors who's blessed my life pretty deeply, and also my dad, Dr. Angus McDonald. How are you, Dad? I'm Reverend Doctor. Reverend Doctor, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's okay. Right. That's right. Your your brother-in-law uh, married his sister, and uh, he he actually to her husband. Uh, not he didn't marry her. <laughs> oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, you have to understand how pastors talk. But at any rate, he was uh, he got his he got his uh, reverend uh, from. Uh, somewhere in Florida, and he is a lawyer as well, so he's a doctor of jurisprudence, so he's Reverend Doctor now. Reverend Doctor, that uh, is impressive. Yes, <laughs> that is impressive. I'll, I guess I'll have to have him on the show sometime. He can talk Reverend Doctor. I think doctor. you should. I think you should. <laughs> well, today we want to talk about Psalm 23, and yes. uh, very familiar to, to most listeners and most most people, regardless of faith tradition. Um, I'll just read the, the ESV of that real quick. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So, Dad, why why is that the uh, the scripture you wanted to talk about today? Every night I uh, I do recitation of scripture, and that's uh, how at three o'clock in the morning I get back to sleep. Mm. So I do Psalm one, Psalm eight, uh, and uh, and I do Psalm eighteen, and uh, and I do Psalm twenty three, and I end with Psalm twenty three. I usually can't get past seven, Psalm seven twenty three. <laughs> uh, most people go to Paul for the theology. I find David um, probably head and shoulders above anybody in mm. scripture just mm. absolutely amazing mm. why is that 
Well, uh, Scripture says that he was a man after God's own heart. And I would love to do uh, an evaluation of exactly what the Hebrew means there. Mm. But that is the greatest goal of my life, is to be a man after God's own heart. You know, and you have two possibilities. One is that you're pursuing God and you're after his heart. Or you are someone who God's idea of what a human being is, is somehow more obvious in David than anyone else. And the amazing thing to me is that uh, is the love that, that Christ had for like Mary uh, at the, you know, at the tomb. And I know you've, you've spoken mm-hmm. to that issue. Sure. And, uh, and then the woman of sin, uh, when he said, uh, those who are forgiven much love much. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to understand that. David was forgiven more than anybody I know. I don't know that I would like to live next door to him. Yeah, well, he was a colossal screw-up, right? I mean... Absolutely, on every level. Every level except uh, warfare, he was was really good at that. (laughs) And loving God. (laughs) He's loving God. Quite the ladies' man. Yes, Uh, yes, indeed. (laughs) Indeed, and so easy to to slip over into, into discussing exactly what happened on that wall when he was watching that gal bathing. I'm not so sure I would do any better. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, so God as shepherd, um, and and that's an important image. What does that What does that mean to you? What is that something that you carry with you? It is. It is. It is. Uh, it is, and it and it guides my theology. Uh, that, in fact, what we have here is something incarnational. Uh, One of the problems we have with theology, and I tend towards the Reformed side, I tend towards that, but I can't, no Reformed person would ever, ever see me as one of their own. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think we produce cyborg, uh, cyborg theology uh, that has nothing to do with humanity. And, uh, and the beauty of, of David's theology is it's absolutely fueled his, full of his own humanness. Mm. And uh, the only reason Psalm 23 is so significant to me is because God has spoken to it to me through it in the middle of the night at 3 o'clock in the morning in ways that absolutely bring me peace. Mm. Would you like me to enter the space of Psalm 23? Please do. That'd be wonderful. What's the first word? The Lord? No. It's, well, you're right. You're right. Unfortunately, you know Hebrew. I have to be careful with you. No, uh, no, no. That's that's me. Seminary educated man at uh, Regent, at one of the finest schools in the world, and... Uh, but the first word is the. It is a definite article. I am overwhelmed by that in a day of postmodernism, where the definite article is, is foreign to everyone. Mm. It's, we only allow a thing. You can have both and, but the idea of having something in particular is absolutely foreign. 
in the highest level of education. So he begins with the at the moment in his life when he has lost absolutely everything. He is being pursued by his own son to kill him. According to Kyle and Dalich, Psalm 23 was written by David when he was being pursued by Absalom, his son, to kill mm. his own father. Wow. So I see him, and, and I, I just have this in my mind that I would love to do this from the pulpit sometime, and that mm. is get a, a pair of sparklers and just hold them up and say, he, you know, he took a burning ember from a small fire, it had to be small, in a cave, hiding mm. from his son. Mm-hmm. And he scrawls on the wall of a cave. Mm. And on the wall of the cave, in the middle of loss of everything, mm. he uses the definite article. Mm. I am overwhelmed by that. I am overwhelmed by that because the greatest loss today is the loss of anything being definite whatsoever. Amen. And the definite is not himself. And, and we have all kinds of, uh, of, of ideas about you know, trumpeting ourselves. He can't do that. It is not that that brings him peace. What brings him peace is the word, the and then the word is not Lord. If you want to use the word Lord today, you're talking about Prince Harry. <laughs> Prince Harry, Megan, you're talking about, you know, William. You're talking about people that utterly do not in any way uh, deserve a word that applies to God. Mm. So the word Lord as a translation is extremely poor. Because the word is Yahweh. Mm-hmm. So, ha, Yahweh. So, the I am. Mm-hmm. The great I am. That's what David uses. And the great I am is the one who is, you know, in all the different ones, all the omnis, omnipresent, omniscient, mm-hmm. is the way, the truth, the life, all those definite articles. Mm-hmm. Magnificent definite articles. They're wonderful. And unfortunately, Reformed theology stops there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he says, the great I am, which is the name he gave to Moses, is the great I am is. (laughs) The great I am is. And at that point, it's incarnational. Mm. It's incarnational. The great I am is my personal shepherd. Right now. Right now. Yes, right now. Not in a completed way from the foundations of the earth, but is is right now my shepherd. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that intimacy and that that screams uh, theologies other than the Reformed. Mm. And I love Reformed theology for the high place it gives God, but it doesn't give him high enough because we have a God who also can incorporate in his magnificent foreknowledge the complete understanding and acceptance of people making decisions. Yes, he can he can integrate those things together. And I think of <clears throat> Jesus picking up this 
particular song, he sort of zeroes in on it um, later, in, obviously later, but in the book of John, in his, his several I am statements, which John sort of compacts all together. Um, and at one point he says, I am the good shepherd. And, that, yes. and that's one of these phrases that's like chuck full of symbolic language, which we think of like lame pictures of a Caucasian Jesus walking through a field somewhere with a sheep on his shoulders. And, yeah. and, and for his original listeners, those were fighting words. Those were uh, absolutely scandalous. Uh, uh, to say, I am, and to say, good shepherd, and to make it into one sentence, forget it. Wow. People got stoned for less. Amen. And, and do, you, do you see how this actually incorporates both the highest reform concepts? Mm-hmm. You know, R.C. Sproul says there are no loose atoms, you know, that sort of thing. And then this concept of actually when I stub my toe or, or I, I, you know, but the, the beauty to me is when he's, when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he has just affirmed something incredible. Hmm. And that is, I could have done nothing better. Hmm. See, this process, this, this whole idea of, of evangelical perfectionism is one of the worst things, worst things that has ever encumbered the soul of evangelicalism, and that's its own perfectionism. It's absolute and total nonsense. Hmm. David admits to being a sheep. And he, and he looks back at his life and says, I see it now. Hmm. I see it now that I am a sheep, and sheep by their very nature go astray, Isaiah 53. I have yeah. 43, Isaiah 43, 6. I'll get it right. I don't, your mother, <laughs> is, the, mother is the one that is the great quarter of scripture. But <laughs> as my mother was, before she'd spank me, she'd quote scripture. So would my father. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> In a thick Scottish accent. And then, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> so the Lord is. My shepherd. In other words, I am a sheep, and sheep, by their very nature, go astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. That is, I say, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So this concept that there's somebody out there, and and the, and the world only knows us as perfectionists, as failed perfectionists, who try to trumpet their own their own theology, their own politics. Boy, you ought to read Oswald Chambers yesterday. He says, we are not politicians. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and yet you look at that, and, 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 and the, the whole idea of, of what we're about is we're about uh, knowing the God who approaches David <sighs> in a magnificent way as his shepherd because what is seen by David, the only, see, the only person I trust is someone who has failed. Mm-hmm. I don't trust people who don't fail. Mm-hmm. Failures only need a plank. I fairly used to say that. My uh, head elder, uh, and I thank God for him, and I thank God for the fact that he said that. He 
Well, we'll have to make we'll have to make a sidelong reference here because that's Guy Farley, father of Drew Farley, who has written several books for Zondervan, and I'll have on the show someday. The Lord is my shepherd, and then He says, "I shall not want." And uh, and here's the amazing thing, and it comes right down to the Midwest, okay? And that is the first thing that the shepherd does to the person that's overly busy and is encumbered by their own perfectionism is get down, mm-hmm. get down, get down now, mm-hmm. stop. There's green pasture beneath beneath you, and you're running. Mm, amen. Sheep, by their very nature, will will grab grass and pull it out by the roots and destroy their own feed. Mm-hmm. But the shepherd, uh, rather than having them running all over the place, says, "Get down. This is green pasture." I don't even know what green pasture is. God knows what green pasture is. Jesus knows what green pasture is. I need a shepherd to even know this is a place to stop. Hmm. And evangelicalism has to wake up to the fact that we have stopped hearing God and we have forgotten what it means have intimacy with God. That is the difference between us. It is not that we are moralists. It is that we know the living God. Mm-hmm. And we know the one who says, this is green pasture. And quite frankly, I don't like some of the things that he calls green pasture. <laughs> I would have to agree with you on that. I'm, I'm not always down for, for uh, you know, what's served. <laughs> what he considers sustenance um doesn't look like sustenance to me all the time yes it doesn't it doesn't in fact it it looks the opposite of love sometimes and then he so the first thing he says is get down you don't even know what green pasture is and i'm going to show you what green pasture is and it's not going to feel like green pasture so that's the first thing he does He's not the coach that runs them up and down, up and down the stadium uh, steps. Mm. He is the shepherd who says, "Get down, rest." He makes me lie down. Mm-hmm. He makes me lie down. Mm-hmm. He makes mm-hmm. me lie down, and that is an uh, imperfect, and an imperfect verb is one that is past, that is continuous, and is constant. And so the shepherd never changes in the way he does things. Mm. So the next thing he says is it lead, he leads me beside the still waters. There's a reason for that. Because sheep defecate in the water they drink. They urinate and defecate in the water they drink. That's absolute. So the shepherd leads them beside the water so they don't, they don't ruin their own water. And then there's something about still water. I've, I've looked at this and I've listened to the Lord on this and I don't, I can't claim that I'm a bath coal or some sort of prophet here. But all I can tell you is there's only one water that reflects a greater glory. Mm. And that's still water. Mm. There's only one water that is not extremely dangerous. And that is, Still water. 
and he walks me beside that. And then to assure me that the metaphor, that I'm reading the metaphor correctly, he says, he restores my soul. He actually brings me back to what it means to be human, to be human. Because soul is nefesh, even a dog has a soul. Mm -hmm. But for God to bring me back to what it means to be human, rather than a perfectionistic cyborg, is absolutely magnificent. He restores my soul. But then, you know, somebody's going to say, well, this is grace is grease. The next thing he does is he leads me in the path of righteousness. And the word, there's a, there's a Matthew 7, there, or not Matthew, is it Matthew, yes, Matthew 7. It says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And then it says, narrow is the gate. And then it changes the uh, adjective there. And it's tribulation is the way that leads to life. So what he is, is a coach as well. He's a coach and he's preparing me for something. And then the next thing is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. A shadow is not a reality. Shadow is not a reality. A shadow is not a reality. Did I say that three times? Here you go again. A shadow is not a reality. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou, boom, definite article, the great I am is with me. And then he says, thy rod and staff. The rod is... Uh, Arungu. Shoot, I have one across the across the room here. I'll show you. <laughs> this is Arungu. You got it? Hold That's it up. Arungu. Hold, hold it up so I can see it. Right. I'm sitting. I'm uh, oh here. Yeah. yeah, sorry. That's Arungu. And so the end is weighted. And this will fly fifty yards and kill an enemy. Do not tell me that God does not destroy enemies. He does. And then the other one, and I wish I had it here, and that is uh, a staff. And the staff is, is what he brings us back from our own excesses. Hmm. And then it says the most incredible thing that I've ever seen. And this is the beauty of it, and this is where I'm coming to an end, I promise. Now prepare us a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Who prepares a table? Not the king, not a king. Mm. Not a prince. Mm. A servant prepares a table. Mm -hmm. God becomes servant. Which means I'm no longer a sheep, but a guest. This is huge. This is huge. There's a nature change that occurs here. I am no longer a sheep, a mere animal. I am a guest. And then it says, he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. I am now a priest. Not just a dumb sheep. Mm. 
I am now a priest. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness, that's justice. Mercy, uh, that's grace. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which means from a sheep all the way to the bride of Christ. I am now the bride of God. Hmm. And that is the story of Psalm 23. And it is theology that towers over most other passages in Scripture. Well, I don't have any commentary on that, sir. Um, you have, you have, that's just a beautiful, beautiful reading, looking down into the, the Greek and the Hebrew, right? You know, a little Greek, what was it? A little Greek and a little Hebrew. One owns the deli and the other owns a uh, pizza pantry. <laughs> no, my Greek is atrocious. Your mother's was better than mine. She went to seminary. Uh, but I'm a good, I'm a good philologist. I love, I love words, and uh, and God loves words. Well, every time I would ask you what a word meant, you would say, "Well, that is a, a Greek prefix." That was probably uh, Latinized at some point and, and connected with this. And then we have this suffix that we added to it. And then I would say, Dad, I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that from, from your grandfather who worked with Von Braun at Redstone Arsenal as a, uh, as a space scientist engineer. And my dad tried to teach me math. I don't remember a single thing. I'll tell you what I do remember. I remember I remember your grandfather holding the Bible in his hand, eating an apple, and having a, just a huge, wonderful time. Mm. And reading us to, to us from the Bible that was full of spots of old bacon. <laughs> and, and just asking us every once in a while, what did I just read? And uh, so I am... Utterly proud to be here and thankful. Well, and now you have to think, you have to remember the soundtrack of that is the King James Bible read in a Scottish accent over breakfast, because that's really the only way to read Psalm 23. We'll have to have Grandpa read it for us when we meet him. Well, we'll all be speaking Gaelic in heaven. There'll be no problem understanding it. Oh, we must see Well, now before you get too far into Robbie Burns, I think we'll have to sign off because we're having far too much fun, and we'll go on all morning because we will. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. This is geocaching scripture. If you ever wondered where I got my geocaching chops from, now you know. I learned from the best. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe, tune in, share with friends, pop it up on Facebook, put it all around, call your, your grandmother and tell her she needs to listen to it, and all that stuff. Anyway, thanks for listening. Love you, Dad. Love you, son. Pax Humana. Cheers. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs>